0: presentation as the A church presents the Bible unmasked read your bible daily and join us every sunday at 7:30 p.m. for our weekly discussion from genesis to revelation let's read the bible in themes with season 2 of the bible unmasked
1: good evening to all of our bible unmasked viewers we are so glad you are joining us again As you know, this premieres every Sunday evening at 7.30 on our um, YouTube channel, PlantationSDA.TV. Please welcome all of your guests and invite them, your friends, your family, to join in and watch. We are now on episode 19, and we are so happy to have some guests with us. We have James Malone. Welcome, James.
2: Hello. 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 Thank you.
1: And we also have Nick Palmer. Welcome, Nick.
2: Hey, guys. How are you? Good.
1: So as we are studying in season two, we are studying the Bible a little bit um, differently going into it this season. And we, if you've been following along with us, you know that we have been looking at the Bible through themes. Um, meaning that we are trying to take from the Bible some practical tips yes. and to learn from the Bible. So, Dexter, can you tell us about today? We are looking at what book and tell us the theme of it.
0: Wonderful. So we are doing the book of Haggai, um, the third to last book in the Old Testament, and the theme is a higher calling, a higher calling. Why? Haggai is I would say one of the most successful prophets in the entire Bible. He got to mobilize people to finish the temple in a very short space of time. A lot of other prophets couldn't pull off what Haggai did. He motivated the leaders. He pulled them together. He spoke spoke God's vision to them. Um, he roughed the people up when they were being slapped, but he got the work done. Um, so that's, that's the theme of higher quality. And 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 I'm reading Haggai asking, what are some tips on mobilizing the members to ministry? You know, what are some tips to doing that? And so I select people based on the theme we choose for each book and I couldn't find anyone better than elders James Malone and elders Nick Palmer. The reason I asked these two elders to join us they have, they have had this con, contagious, um, crazy, fiery passion for launching life groups at our church here in Plantation. And they have, they have really gotten me worked up and excited. They, they cast the vision. I've seen bits of it, and it really got me carried on. So we've already done a life group. We are about to start our second iteration of it, and it's largely because God has pulled these guys um, and asked them, hey, go mobilize our church to do this. So I wanted to ask them about some of the journey in doing that as we continue to run um. um people and calling them to a
1: higher calling. Awesome. I'm well, looking forward to hearing from them as we continue here. So I think we're ready to start here and we're going to begin with a word of prayer. If you could just bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, God, we are so thankful that we can come before you again and we can come to you um, with our hearts and with our questions. And and um, I pray that you would be present with us and that those who are listening would be um would gain a greater understanding of you um so we pray for your wisdom and your understanding now in jesus name we pray amen amen so you want to grab your bibles and we are looking at the book of Haggai, and i will be reading and um, giving some tips and then asking some questions so let's go to um, the book of Haggai, um, here we have that God, um, it was put on got on Haggai's heart to a call to rebuild the temple again. And so this is what the, um, in verse one, verse two to four, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? So here God is like, you're living in all these nice houses while our temple is a ruin. So we can get a tip from this, a practical tip from this is that the um, the lies of procrastination. So our question is: How do you know when people are giving excuses for things they really don't want to do? Wow,
0: especially for James and Nick, I'm asking you all of that because you all have you have, you have gone after people. You have sought to motivate them. You have sought to encourage them to get on board. Let me tell you why this question is meaningful to me. I realize that procrastination is not just slackness or laziness, but procrastination is a lie, especially in in, in these verses. These people. They wanted to remain in their comfort. And listen, comfort is a gift from God. Nice houses is a gift from God. It becomes a problem when you are consumed by your comfort and and you don't want to do nothing for kingdom building, but only building your own kingdom. That's an issue as a Christian. Uh, And and Hagia, like I said earlier, he had to kind of rough them up and say, look, you are going to have problems. Um, But procrastination, is a lie because you, you, you're claiming you're gonna do something. Then you turn around and you don't do it. What you're teaching yourself is lack of integrity. Integrity is, is wholeness. You're teaching yourself not to believe in yourself. You're teaching yourself not to trust your own word. And, and what happens in, 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 in continuous procrastination is you lose confidence in your ability to believe your own word. And if you can't believe your word, you don't believe God's will either. It's that deep. All right. Um, uh, James, Onik, you guys may have an insight on this.
3: So, so Dexter, I I, I have to say that you you just went went straight for the jugular, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because um, if I'm going to be totally honest, procrastination is is a major shadow spot of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a lot of other people that have that problem, but um, I have that problem of procrastination. But what's what's fascinating in this story, and a point that you make great points around the lies of procrastination lying to yourself. But remember who those people were that in this book of Haggai, right? They were the remnant that came out of exile, right? These were the there were a whole bunch of other people that were left there, right? These are the ones who were passionate about seeing the temple being rebuilt. These are the ones who saw the vision of what needed to be done. And they said, we are going and we're going to get this done. And don't forget, if you really study Ezra 3 and you know, Haggai, they built the foundation, right? And there was a big celebration. They got something done. They were passionate. So here is a case where you have some folks who were were really saw the vision, wanted to do it, were the remnants of special people, but yet still after a while they were just not doing it. They were lying to themselves, like, wait, wait, we gotta wait. It's not time yet. You know, we did this part. We gotta, what happened And your question is, how do you know when someone is sort of lying or you see evidence of them not doing it in the past, but this is not the case here. You saw evidence of them doing it in the past. What happened? So then what happened is that you realize that um, comfort has settled in. When you see folks and you see certain comforts being settled in, they, 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 want, they might have wanted to do it, but now uh, things have changed. And they are beginning to say, "Well, well, we'll do it, but we'll do it later. We'll do it another time. You see evidence of that happening.
0: And I'll stop there and turn it over. Sorry. And Elder, I love your research, man. Your thoughtfulness. This is good stuff. So how right. I then went to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforter. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. No, son- I I, I, I want to add to that. Um, when I read this and I think about life, right, and um, business, possibly. Okay, so you start out the year and you've got these really big goals for your business or for your life and they tell you when you dream you should dream big right if, if you shoot high and even if you don't make it you're going to fall somewhere that's still at a, at a good place but sometimes what happens is when you have some of these dreams some of these visions when you actually begin the work you realize wow this is hard right this is a lot of work so you come to your desk and you look at all the things you've got to do and there's five things on your list and you look at that thing, number one, you're like, man, that's a heavy lift. Let me let me start with number two first, because that's not as much work. And then you come back and you get number two done and you're like, oh, I've got four things on the list. That number one is really hard. Let me put it off and move to the next one. Right. And this is where I see happening in this story. They came from Babylon with the vision of building that temple. Right. And restoring God's house and they laid the foundation, but man, that was hard work, and that's a big temple. Look how long it took us just to do the foundation. You know, what would probably make things easier is if I just had a nice place to live and stay, then I'd probably have a little bit more energy to come back and do God's work, so let me work on this easier thing, and I build my house, and I get distracted. You can kind of see how that will go because I don't believe these people's intention based on what James has said and what we read. They didn't come here not planning to do any work. But sometimes the task seems so huge, so big in front of you. You kind of deflect and work on the easy things until you get so distracted with the easy things and the little victories and the, the small wins that that main vision, it kind of falls into the background. And I think uh, Stephen Covey had the, the seven habits of highly effective people on having the right quadrants in your life and making the main thing the main thing. Right. Sometimes we take care of all the busy little work and we don't attack the main thing. So so, so, Nick, hard. Nick, why then would we then
0: lie then? Why not just say that? I got caught up or whatever. Why lie and talk about, well, that doesn't need to be done right now.
2: Because that's how you make yourself feel better. <laughs> you got to justify what you've done. Oh, well, you know, this was going to happen. I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to it. And this is what we tell ourselves. That's so good. That yeah. exercise program. I was going to get to it. I will. You know, you're not going to take those clothes off your treadmill. They're going to be on there till next year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good. I like and,
3: that. And, and we can take it spiritual, too, because okay, we're in the context of church. You know. A lot of folks, we're very spiritual. So when we realize that we are not doing what we're supposed to do, and you have this unsettled feeling, you want to pacify yourself. Uh, I'll I'll be guilty of that. You want to pacify yourself, so then you get spiritual about it. You know, you're like, well, it's God knows, and it's not time yet. It's all in God's all in, it's God's, all time in God's time, time. Yeah. right? So God is going to work it out. So so we'll just be here, and when God sees fit. You will get, it. and it's all in God's time. So they, basically they were accusing God that God was holding up the temple. Cause it's wow. like, it's not time yet. You know, it's all in God's time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: What great insights. I'm liking this. Let's keep going then to number two. I want to hear what more you have to say here. We're going now to verse eight of chapter one, go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. So here, our tip and what we're learning is that there's a clear vision, the lesson that we're getting. And the question is, what helps you to defect your excuses and not procrastinate?
2: So I I want to say that God recast the vision, right? Because he'd given the original vision, which he'd given through all the prophets, saying there's going to come a time when I'm going to let you come back, right? And he cast that vision and they moved on down, they caught that vision and did it. And because they got off track, he will recast that vision. Um, Dexter, I feel like you were gonna say something before I finish. Was there a comment you wanted to add to that? go, go, please. No, okay. So sometimes he puts us in circumstances which just show you, hey, I had an original vision for you. You may have gotten busy and distracted but our life circumstances will recast that vision and he will let us know again. Like he said, hey, listen, you forgot what the vision was. Get up to the mountains, go find the wood, go find the things you need to build this temple. In my mind, COVID was a recasting of the vision from God.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? So you see this thing behind me refocusing on our purpose. We've been given a purpose, right? Loving God. Yeah, we got that down. Hey, we're Adventist, we, we're, we're good. Loving others. Uh, Happy Sabbath. I love you. I love you. But making disciples. right. God put us in a position where shut all of our churches down and let us know that busy work, the doing the regular everyday services that made us feel like we were doing the good thing that he asked us to do. Right. All of that disappeared. And now you're left there with Nothing. And he can recast the vision. as you feeling lonely? I wanted you guys to get together anyway because people will know that you love me by your love for one another. But, hey, you didn't hang out with each other when you were there. Now you experience loneliness. Would you like to get reconnected? Yes, yes. He has been recasting the vision through what's been going on in our lives and trying to get us refocused on what our true purpose was. Loving God, loving others. And winning people to it. What I like, Nick,
0: I'll tell you what I liked about um the, the passion and the purposefulness with which you and James went about getting our life groups up and running um, back in, in March when you guys launched it. You know, um we we started talking last year, and I like how both of you kept laying the foundation. And um, a couple of things that made it clear to me, which I like this verse, Liz, because he is giving them specific things to do. He's not just saying build a temple. He said, no, go up to the mountain, cut Mm -hmm. down trees, make wood. He's specifically, so a couple of things happened. One one is you guys said to me, okay, you guys in family life, y'all are doing a good job, but this is how I interpreted what you said. Um, you don't have any life groups. You have you might have nice small groups, but you don't have life groups and, and the difference is Small groups just get together, you know, they might have an agenda or a topic, but a life group is where they do life together, they hang out, they, they kick it, they um they fellowship with each other, then they get other people to join and do the same thing. So, a couple of the components that was really clear to me that was Hagiai one verse eight spelling out what to do is one when you when 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 you said nick you said look instead of just doing it over and over and over running it a whole year why don't you have have it for a duration you know like you have six sessions eight sessions where you do this particular thing whether it's the finance that you and 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 shanley do on a sunday you do eight nine sessions and and then you run it again And, and then james at one of our meetings in february you actually illustrated to us. You said, okay, guys, let me just check in. How are you, Linny? What's happening, Lordis? What's going on in in you guys' lives? And each of us got to share, okay, this is what's happening. And and you're like, do that. Go do that. So it was really specific. I'm like, oh, that's what Shanley and I need to do when we do a finance seminar. Don't just come up with a topic, but check in with each person to find out what's happening in your life, what what was the high? What was the low of your week? You know, and, 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 then, and then in your training, Nick, you went ahead and you actually acted out. You modeled for us what willing disciples, um, bringing in people who didn't experience um, the life group. You, that to me is where it, it really began making sense and resonating with me when you actually illustrated it, when you modeled it, when you said to me, go up to the mountain, cut down trees, bring wood, real specific. Yeah.
3: Uh, I, lo- I, lo- I love that a lot. And I- I'm messing up this quote in my head, but there's a quote that says the the, the way to sh- start progress is to make the first step or something like that. It, I don't have the quote right. But what what happened to uh, to get beyond procrastination is that specific next step that um, uh, we need to share. I need that in my own life too. So for instance, um, you know, um, years ago uh, when we had a a, a time where um, uh, the the pastor wanted to show some discipleship group. I was like, great! That's what we need. We need folks to come together and connect and so forth. And the first step was simply to add, find four guys and just, we didn't make any commitment, just find the four guys. So you tell people, find the four people you need, just make a phone call and connect with them. And you give the specific first step. After you find the four guys, next step is go somewhere to sit down and eat, schedule a dinner, schedule a lunch. And they literally had those specific steps that allow people to move from procrastination to pride. Wow
1: okay the last one yeah last one is
0: number three one more question we'll take
1: okay so we're gonna um go to now verse 14 in chapter one so the lord stirred up the spirit of zerubbabel son of shalati governor of judah and the spirit of joshua's sons of Jezodek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. Amen. Yes.
0: You, you would not have liked to name your sons Aruba, but I could tell.
1: Yes. <laughs> Those are some names for sure. So here is our tip that we're getting from this: is influencing influences. influences. Influencers. So our question is: How do you identify who you are? Who are the influencers? Influencers you need to buy in from. Yeah, you need
0: buy in from. Yeah, Ooh, that's a really good question. And you guys. So for instance, I was a little confused. You guys added me to a group um, a few months ago, and I'm thinking I am not a leader at the church. In fact, I have been in the background as much as possible. And then I saw you roped in Loris and Lordis you know, Lord is not the prime ministry leader, and then you have a number of people who are not official leaders. How did you guys, in mobilizing people for us to have the successful launch that we did have, how did you go about what qualities you looked for and how did you go about trying to influence those who could influence others? Because in this book, in Haggai, he had Joshua the high priest, you know, mm-hmm. prayed over him got visions on him. He had Zerubbabel, the governor, in in fact, chapter four and verse six, that famous verse um of um Zachariah, not my might nor my power, but by, by, by the but by the spirit says it all. That's a passage directly to Zerub, directed to Zerubbabel. Had he had him on his um what do you call it, his Rolodex? Mm-hmm. He's like I, I need you I need God to speak and you need to get this vision because if he got it and, and you know Auntie Ellen has a quote where she said the church seldom rises higher than its leaders. So he was really, he was specific. Talk to me, judgment. Give, give, Give me your source, your secret successful source.
2: So in the initial introduction of this, as it was being shared at the elder and the pastor level, you could sense in the room that there were some who were like, yes, yes, yes. And I think that's in any organization, right? And that, you know, I don't know if I'm thinking of this the correct way, even thinking of the disciples, I think there were groups of people around Jesus and maybe that's where you ended up with Peter, James, and John, that three. Maybe they had more of a similar vision, a similar idea, and I'm not sure what it was, but I think in any organization, when you start talking about something new, some people instantly grab it and you can tell by their conversation, by their body language, that it's there. There's another component to this for me and that's the spirit part of it, the spirit leading. You know, James and I are close and we do talk quite a bit, but I find that sometimes independently, we've kind of gravitated to the same people that you wanted to share the vision with. Now, I did not know that James had recognized Lourdes, right? And I don't know if James knew that I was talking to Lourdes. I'm not sure about that. But different points in time, while on the prayer line, I had realized that Lourdes was someone that had a certain passion that I thought be like wow if she caught this vision man that would be just fantastic right and i ended up calling her offline and having a conversation and i found out later that james had reached out to her and was having a conversation with her as well so i believe the spirit has a lot to do with this and then sometimes just being in the room with people and having conversations
0: what did you see i I needed to tell me what you saw what were you looking for what did you
2: see for this in particular it was someone was just passionate. And this may sound, I don't want this to sound bad because I believe that people are passionate in different ways and different levels. But when I would talk with her, it always sounded like she was always reaching, always touching, always wanting to engage people, always trying to inspire people, always trying to encourage people. That was my sense of her, Lord is in particular, when I would engage with her on the prayer line. And I thought, wow, we could introduce her to this.
3: So I, I would add one more thing in that I am always strategically looking and thinking about things. And, you know, you have like Sister Angela, who is the, the, the leader over it, but you, you see others who are co-laboring with our leaders that are spread thin already, like Sister Angela doing so much. And you see the others that are co-laboring with them and having certain influence in the prayer line. And the influence that you see there, you're able to say, that's the leader of people that's a leader of, of 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 others so if if I want this thing to go I better tap into that leadership because I want that leadership that influence to to be spread what do you see, um, what do you see that influence what, what what do you look for so so what I, I look for is is the 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 consistency that they're always there yeah. I look for Right, I look for the fact that um, when they speak, they speak to pull others along, not just you know their own thing, what they're trying to do. They're speaking in a way that that others will listen and follow. You can sense that when 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 you're talking to someone, or you see them operating in their sphere. Um, And and then 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 you know beyond someone like Lourdes, you think about yourself and. And and others um, that are ministry leads in other areas, you say, wait, they are leading a, a number of people, and people listen to look to them and listen to them, and you recognize that, and you're like, okay, that I need to be able to get that person to be able to lead their group to cast to the vision to their group because people look to them and listen to them.
2: Wow, and, and people have influence over different constituencies and communicating yeah. different ways. And just because I communicate, communicate a certain ways, that's not the only way, right? right? And, and there are people that I can reach that James may not be able to reach. That's other people you can reach that neither of us could reach. And that's where you gotta find that broad base of influencers that can help move uh, any project or process along. Um, and, and that's something that we've always done or I've always done in leadership in the church, mostly around the youth and the young adults, is looking for people. When I'm sitting in that room, who are those people that you, you notice um, resonate with others and have a passion for others? And that's oh, that's kind of how it started.
3: And, and, and,
0: and, sorry, this is what it takes to make disciples. Go, go ahead, James, go
3: yeah, I was going to say one other thing, um, Dexter, and, and this one is very personal to me, is that I am always looking for people that complement me in terms of the areas that I am I'm, I'm not strong in. So, for instance, we need to move something forward, and there are leaders out there, other leaders alongside, but I'm looking for someone who, for instance, I, I, you know, I always have friends, I always have co People that are partnering with me, like Nick, who are energetic doers, right? They they get things done throughout my whole life. I mean, in my other churches, when we're doing things like this, getting them in, there's always someone else, because I'm, you have to look for others who have the this, this skill set that you don't have that is needed. So that's another part of selecting. You're looking for people. So if you are someone who likes to think strategically and do stuff, you look for someone who will get it done, right? If you're someone who's always getting into details, you look for someone who can be strategic around the planning and so forth. So that's that's another thing. That and, and,
2: and I just want to add to that, right? The biblical model for that is Jesus sending out his disciples, always out in twos, go look at the book of Acts, always a team because of that that body, the different parts that balance each other out. And what James said is exactly right. The projects I've worked on at the church, whether it be, you know, an Easter cantata or a play, God finally made me, well, I'm sorry. I finally recognized that I'm not a detail-oriented person. I'm a big picture person. And I have in my life now realized that I need to put some of those people around me that have those things I don't. So for me, it's ready, fire, aim. That's my mindset. But then I fly off and my wife's like, honey, don't you need your keys? Oh, sorry, coming back. I'll jump in the car and drive down the street. Oh, I left my phone. That's just me. But God over time has helped me to realize that I need people in my life. And when you look at the body of Christ and how we're talked about, the many parts in the body, when we become to a better awareness of who we are, I think it'll enhance our ministry, right? And when we recognize we're not perfect, when we've got flaws and blind spots, it can help everything we do be better as we surround ourselves with people that don't have the same giftedness or have different giftedness than we have.
0: Wow, that was a powerful way to end this thing, man. Um, Nick, James, thank you for your service. Thank you for letting the anointing flow through you. I, I think God has really moved our church to another level through your leadership. Um, and you've done so much in the background. I just bless God for you. Um, our next episode is going to be episode 20, the book of Zachariah. And the theme for Zachariah is visions of hope and encouragement. Zachariah has several visions, but I noticed each the vision had to do. He's very he's, he's, he's a, a, a contemporary of Haggai, and they're working together to motivate and inspire the people to get the temple built. And Zachariah has visions around the building, that rebuilding process. So when you read Zachariah uh, ahead of our our episode 20, read and look for those visions. And and I want you to find the hope and encouragement in each of the vision. When he sees the guy with a measuring line, you know, to go measure Jerusalem, right? So catch you next week. Tune in, it's Sunday evening, 7.30, Plantation SDA TV.
1: Yes, thank you again, Nick and James. This has been very powerful. And to close, I would, um, if uh, Nick, you could just pray for us, please.
2: Okay, thank you, thank you. you. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to share uh, with our church, to share with Elizabeth and Dexter um, the vision that you've placed on our heart to work on getting life groups moving and going and get our church better connected. Father, even as uh, it's a vision that we've had on our hearts, Father, I know more than that, it's your desire for this church family uh, to become one, because that's when the world will know that we're your disciples by the love we have for each other. So continue to help us to get better connected, help us to never let go of this vision and the purpose you've truly given us of loving you, loving others, and making disciples. Lord, I look forward to the day when each one of us will see the people in the kingdom who as we brush past their lives as we've engaged to them, we can see how you allowed us to have a tiny part in salvation story and salvation's plan. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. And I pray that many will hear and many will learn. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Plantation as the church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked.